What's going on, everybody? This is JBB with the Boskin Report podcast. So, as it stands, we have two different communities in two different situations. We have the PlayStation community currently celebrating the release of the PlayStation VR 2. A lot of people that I follow on Twitter and YouTube are posting gameplay videos. They are excited. And, and it's not a phony excitement. These people are acting like kids, which is a good thing because we all remember back in the good old days, playing video games, getting a new game, getting a new console, and the excitement. Shit. Even now, the excitement leading up to an anticipated title is still something that I go through, and I'm 50 years old. Unfortunately for me, I can't play VR because of my uh, TBI. I have light sensitivity, noise sensitivity, sick um, motion sickness. Actually, the last two weeks, I've gotten dizzy like every day, like watching TV. If you know, nowadays the cool thing on, in television is to have like uh, handheld motion cameras following a scene. So I don't know if they're actually hand holding a camera or they're simulating it in post production. But when that happens, my brain is not aware that that's what's happening. So it feels like I'm moving when I'm not, when I'm stationary. So the similar thing happens in VR. Your mind knows that it's stationary, but everything around you is moving. So you, you, you're figuring that your mind is, is figuring, hey, I'm, we're supposed to be doing a certain movement, you know? <laughs> and that was post, that was before my injury, pre-injury. So, even though I can't play VR, I'm very happy for those people that can because it is, uh, VR is nothing new. PlayStation came out with it uh, years ago. It was the first, well, technically not the first video game console. The Nintendo had the Virtual Boy. And that was like really weird. I remember playing that. But for the mainstream. And even still, you can't really say mainstream because it is priced for a demographic of people who are really into VR and who are re really open to trying something new and paying the price to try it. Of course, you can return these items, but an item like virtual reality headsets, there's physical contact. I don't know if they charge some kind of restock fee for things like that. I remember how to pay a restock fee for a camera because they said, no, you're using it, you're touching it, you're putting your eye against the viewfinder, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I know I went a little off topic. So you have this, the PlayStation camp in celebration mode. And then you have the Xbox camp, which is in desperation mode because some of us are, as some of you know, Microsoft is trying to buy Activision Blizzard, and they're trying to convince regulators, especially in Europe, why they should 
by Activision and Blizzard and how it's going to help them compete. Which is crazy when you consider that Microsoft is a trillion dollar company. Microsoft products are everywhere, especially software wise. But the Xbox, and I know this from experience, has never been the type of product that a lot of people within the Xbox uh, management, upper management, really cared for. And then it hit its peak during the Xbox 360. There were a freaking plethora of games, third-party deals. The 360 hit a freaking stride that was... It was very memorable, even to this day. It was one of the best launch... Uh, it had a be one of the best launch lineups that I can remember. It had a, a, an amazing design. It was the introduction to high-definition video games. So... To see where Xbox is currently at, and they're playing this freaking, uh, this game of make-believe. Because everyone knows Microsoft doesn't need Activision Blizzard to compete. And in this case, Xbox. Because one, if, if, if Xbox or Microsoft decided, let's become a third-party publisher they would freaking dominate, and rightfully so. They have a freaking uh, roster of, of, of games that would totally be worth paying the price of, of, a, of, of a subscription like Game Pass. You have the option to purchase them normally, or you have the option to subscribe on Game Pass. I mean, you have a freaking roster of studios that have some very big franchises under their umbrella. The problem is that Microsoft wants to try to compete in a hardware market that they just can't. Because you can't have the best so-called the best and most powerful console, which is the Series X, but then not have anything to show for it. There is nothing in development, well, I can't say in development. I'll stick with the facts. There is nothing in the market that showcases the power of the Series X. There is nothing, not even a demo, not even a, a tech demo that similar to what PlayStation 5 did with with Astro's Playroom. So you're you're preaching these numbers, right? 12 teraflops. That was the big selling point, especially within the gaming community. And all of these CUs, a lot of things that people had no idea what they were talking about, right? The expert, well the experts came out and told you, listen, 12 teraflops doesn't make a great console, there's more to it. Mark Cerny came out and, and said the same exact thing, and people laughed at him and said, oh, he's damage controlling. And look at where we're at right now. There's nothing to show for all that, all of, all, all of the tech specs that the Xbox Series X has. As a matter of fact, it seems like Microsoft is not even promoting the Series X anymore. They're pushing the S. 
which is a damn shame because the S isn't that good. And when you compare it to the PlayStation 5, it is leagues below what the, the capabilities the PlayStation 5 can do. And I'm not saying nothing out of spite. I'm saying what has currently happened. I'm just repeating what currently happened. Everything is Everything I'm saying, there's proof out there to showcase this. And so right now, the demographic of people who love Xbox and cheer for it any, at, at any given time, they're in desperation mode. They're trying to push a, a, a narrative that this is a good thing, that Xbox, per, well, Microsoft purchases Activision Blizzard. There's a lot more into why this purchase wants to go down or why this purchase or... Better yet, why Activision would love Microsoft to buy them out. But the fact that you have a demographic of consumers who, who are fans of the Xbox, you see them pushing this narrative, and it's pretty embarrassing. There, you see the hypocrisy now. For example, I saw one individual back in the day when Microsoft bought Bethesda. And I believe it was about $7 billion or something crazy like that. And there was a bunch of people who were on Twitter telling everyone, because these people were smarter than everybody else, they were telling us with, convic with conviction that why would Microsoft spend $7 billion to put a game on another platform that all the Bethesda games will and should remain exclusive to the Xbox. These people were saying that over and over again on Twitter every fucking day. They were saying, why would Microsoft spend that money to not have it exclusive on their console? Fast forward to the other day, I see one of these individuals post something like, uh, actually commented on something Phil Spencer said about the Steam Deck or, or I think uh, Epic's store, the Steam store or whatever. I'm not 100% sure. I don't keep up with PC market. Stating that, you know, Call of Duty will be there, yada, yada, yada. And then this individual cheers on Phil Spencer and says, no one is left behind. Yet this individual was freaking insulting people saying, I can't believe people actually think Microsoft's going to spend $7 billion or whatever it was to buy Bethesda to not have the games exclusives, exclusive on their consoles. Now we see the hypocrisy. Now it's, hey, nobody's left behind. Everybody plays. Meanwhile, everybody can still play Call of Duty. Everybody could still play Call of Duty. People weren't playing it on the Nintendo Switch because it wasn't available on the, the Nintendo Switch. It, there was a Call of Duty for the Wii U, and that didn't sell at all. So why would Activision waste resources on that if it's really not the type of game that Nintendo enthusiasts play? We all know that. There's a special demographic of people who only play on Nintendo consoles. Usually a Nintendo console is accompanied by one of the bigger consoles, either an Xbox 
or PlayStation. It's rare that you see somebody strictly play on a, uh, on a Nintendo platform. We did back in the day, but Nintendo nowadays, they have stuck to their guns and they release games when they are ready. And often, most times than not, these games take three, four years to release, if not more. So Nintendo goes on their own, at their own pace, but their software still sells years after its release. Their hardware still sells years after their release. Any company would love to have that type of demand, would, ha would love to have that type of dedication from its user base, from its fans. So Microsoft and the enthusiasts and the cheerleaders, they have a long road ahead of them. And the more this goes on, the more you see the hypocrisy from the executives of Microsoft, from the cheerleaders, from the, the exotic fan base that comes with the Xbox fans on social media and YouTube. Now, the general public, the general, uh, the, the normal Xbox fan that prefers to play Xbox over anything else, they don't give a damn about all of this shit you know so this entire situation is based on a small demographic in the big picture everything that's going on for example even vr is is aimed at a certain demographic of people who purchase the vr because of the pricing because of the the market vr is not that huge yet so, same thing applies to, you know, the, the, the Twitter wars on, on, on the, well, the console wars on Twitter and YouTube and Twitch and all that stuff and podcasting, yada, yada. So, this is not anything that is going to change the industry, but this acquisition from Microsoft would change the industry because as much as Microsoft is promising that Call of Duty will remain in various platforms there may come a day where the games or or in this case call of duty will no longer be available on different platforms and in a sense as someone who holds stock in microsoft play uh sony nintendo i can't blame a company for wanting to improve their platform and make it more attractive to a demographic of people who prefer another platform. That is how you try to lure in new consumers. But the thing here is what happens to the quality of the game? Because as someone who has bought the last two Call of Duties, everyone says the same thing. Oh, it's Call of Duty. You know, every year people say the same thing. Ah, it's Call of Duty. Nothing changed. Ah, the, the, the campaign looks a little better than last year. It's shorter than last year. Everyone has critiques about Call of Duty. A lot of people say, ah, it's Call of Duty. I'm not going to buy it this year. I'm not going to miss much. But then the thing sells like freaking hotcakes. I hate using that fucking phrase because how does, how, how, how do we know how many hotcakes are sold, right? But it generates billions of dollars. I, I believe Bobby Co Codex, he said, uh, Codex, whatever the fuck, 
he was in an interview saying that um, I believe it was the first week. I could be wrong. Remember, I have a brain injury, so there's shit sometimes I might hear that isn't really there or whatever. I believe he said they generated $1 billion in sales the first week of launch for the latest Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2. That type of money, who, want, who wouldn't want that type of money? That type of revenue, and not all of it is revenue, of course, but as far as sales, who wouldn't want that in their freaking roster? So I can't blame Microsoft for wanting to buy Activision. If it's there, we know Call of Duty is the main attraction when it comes to Activision. That's no secret. Call of Duty is printing money every freaking year. It's always in the charts, in the top 10 of sales. Or even the top fives uh, when it comes to NPDs and stuff like that. But it's the danger of a monopoly. It's the danger that Microsoft could turn around and they have in the past and take something away. This is not something that people suddenly got nervous about and they're using fanboy agendas. There's proof that Microsoft has done this with Everything they have owned, especially video games. Starfield, Starfield was a multi-plat. They took it away. I'm pretty sure Hi-Fi Rush was a multi-plat. And they decided to keep it on Game Pass. Do a surprise launch. And all the work, I believe since 2017, Hi-Fi Rush was in development... All of that work, all of that hard work, six years down the drain because they threw it into Game Pass. And only a small demographic of people who subscribe to Game Pass or prefer Xbox, only they're going to enjoy this game. And from what I heard, it was a pretty good game. So there was no reason why that game, Hi-Fi Rush, could be, couldn't be on the Switch right now and the PlayStation right now. I think it's available on PC as well. So it's not just Xbox. If you have a PC, uh, you really can't be talking about expenses and shit like that because to maintain a really good gaming PC, you got to maintain a budget for that PC. So, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it does go down. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. And what I mean by go down, I mean that the deal goes through. I wouldn't be surprised. And quite frankly, I wouldn't care. But you see the hypocrisy now. You see the change in tone from these people who support Xbox, who call themselves influencers, who call themselves neutral. They are in the media. They are all over social media in some capacity. And then you see the executives changing their tone, whereas before, Xbox was the best, pay, best place to play. It was the most powerful console in existence. It had the best lineup of, best la launch lineup of any console in history. It was, you know, the, the, the place you can get the best visuals, all that shit. We heard it all from Microsoft and Xbox and his executives and the people that cheer them on. We heard it all. And now all of a sudden, it's 
We can't compete unless we buy Activision Blizzard. Let us compete. It's only fair. That is so freaking hypocritical. It's ridiculous that an adult would actually say that, (laughs) quite frankly, and defend a trillion-dollar company. And as someone who owns stock in Microsoft, I'm not even going out there and saying, yes, folks, let us buy Activision. I should be. And if it goes through, then guess what? It may or may not benefit the stock price. I actually thought about buying Activision stock. It went down a bit. It may go up. That might be something that if you're listening to and you invest in the market, that might be something you look at. I have 10 cent stock. Well, I have stock. I have shares of 10 cent. Uh, do I have any other video game related stock? I got PlayStation, Microsoft, Nintendo, 10 cent. And um, the other small company over in uh, Europe, uh, they bought THQ or something. So I have some shares of them as well. They have they recently bought a few studios. Can't remember the name right now. So this affects this deal affects a lot of people, and right now we see it how it's affecting both sides well it's affecting one side you have one side of a gaming demographic who is who is celebrating the release of playstation vr 2 and having fun and showcasing their gameplay videos and then you have another side that all they're doing is fighting against the ftc the cma uh news reporters all this shit so the company i was talking about is thq Embrace a group. Right now, the stock price isn't that high. And if you want to invest in uh, in a video game publisher, it's only $4.70. So, and just for shits and giggles, let me see where Activision is currently at. $76.85. So I believe Microsoft is is offering to buy each individual stock at $90 or something like that. That's why it comes out to 68 mil, uh, billion, excuse me, not million, billion or something like that. So yeah, you gotta, for me anyway, I'm laughing my ass off because it couldn't have happened to a better group of people. <laughs> you see these, you see these dipshits lying to their to their audience, making up shit about Xbox, hyping up Xbox, coming up with these elaborate clickbaity titles, and then the moment you confront them, right, because they're using a platform to promote their shit, so you have to accept that people are going to question you when something doesn't seem right, but they don't like that shit. They have this mentality that they are better than you, and how dare you question me? It's the most comical shit I've ever seen. You have these internet, quote-unquote, celebrities in their own mind, of course. They even call their listeners fans. It's like, what the fuck? Who the fuck are you to call somebody else a fan of yours? So, 
you you have these people that are so accustomed to shitting on another console, and this goes for PlayStation people as well and Nintendo people. And you have this group therapy thing all the freaking time. And the moment somebody questions you, it could even be somebody within your therapy group. They are blacklisted. Well, not, you know, I'm not talking about me now. I don't interact with a lot of these people. But, for example, on Twitter, you question somebody about a certain review or a certain video game take. All of a sudden, they're retweeting you. They're playing the victim and they're sending their people after you. It's happened to me quite a few times, and it's hilarious because I, I can see right through them. And as someone who doesn't care about keeping contacts with industry individuals or looking a certain way to my audience, I don't care. I do this shit to entertain myself, and if somebody, if somebody listening likes what I have to say, then thank you. There may be people who don't like what I say. And that's okay too. And I thank them for listening. And if they give me feedback, then we have a discussion. That's what it's all about, right? That's why we get into podcasting. That's why we get into content creation. We create something that we want to create that we think will have some use to somebody out there. And then people discuss what happened. And you have a discussion. You can have a disagreement. You can have a debate, and then at the end of the day, you can shake hands and move along until the next piece of content or video game take comes out. That's how it used to be growing up in the Bronx. We used to argue like we were getting into fights. These are friends I grew up with, and we're yelling at each other in each other's faces. Things are getting heated. It looks like we're going to fight. And then when the debate is over, which most times, nobody really won. <laughs> but once it was done, we took a, a deep breath, gave each other a hug, and went and bought Chinese food or something. <laughs> or went to one, somebody's house and, and played video games. Or watched movies. Or did something. We didn't go and cry to a bunch of total strangers and say, boo-hoo, this person disagreed with me, go get them. Nowadays, that's, that's what people do. And it's cowardly. It's, it's cowardly. And, and, and it's usually one demographic of people within the gaming community that do it. <laughs> and it's hysterical that it's mostly people that call themselves neutral, call themselves journalists, call themselves influencers, they preach this kumbaya shit until, until it affects their favorite brand and then they turn on you. And when you question them, it's like, who the fuck are you to question me? So it's really rough for Xbox people right now. For the employees, for Activision employees. Activision, actually, Activision employees are going to win no matter what. They're, they're fighting these. And unfortunately, it's the people in charge of Activision. It's not the developers. It's not the people that are working their asses off to bring out these games. Just like most corporations, upper management is going to benefit most, whether Microsoft buys them or not. 
they're still going to get paid. They're still going to get their bonuses. And the freaking people, the lifeblood, the developers are going to get nothing. They may even lose their jobs. We are already seeing people leaving Microsoft Purchase Studios. The head guy from uh, the comp- the studio that I believe Zenimax, the studio that made uh, Hi-Fi Rush, he left. I can't remember his name. And there have been people from 343. There have been countless people who were very who had significant roles in studios that Microsoft purchased that have left. That's no accident. I've always stated there's no it's no coincidence that we don't have a more experienced person in charge of Xbox. There's no ex, there's no coincidence that nobody with real industry experience wants that Microsoft job. That's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. They had some of the smartest people running Xbox at one point. The last, the last of them before uh, Matrix, Peter Moore. Peter Moore had industry experience, a lot of industry experience, and he fucking booked. <laughs> he left to go to EA. So there's no coincidence. And not that Phil Spencer is a bad guy. I don't know him. I've met Larry Herb. I've met uh, Aaron Greenberg. What I, what I, the times that I, I've bumped into them and had conversations with them, they seemed like genuinely nice guys. So I can only base my experience on what, on what I, I seen face to face. And Larry Herb genuinely loves what he does. And Aaron Greenberg genuinely loves what, what he does. So I assume that Phil Spencer is the same way, but that doesn't mean that Phil Spencer is good at what he does. It doesn't mean that he's good at what he does. He has been no better than Don Metric, and Don Metric was the guy that everybody was blaming for the downfall of Xbox, when in reality... The man was doing his job and bringing out games. Phil Spencer hasn't... They've bought all these studios, and what have they shown for it? They had the Xbox One X that was supposed to be extremely powerful. They didn't do nothing with that particular hardware. They didn't showcase the power of that hardware. It was supposed to be more powerful than the PlayStation 4 Pro. Then we have the Series X, which on paper is more powerful than the PlayStation 5. But when you see comparisons of the same game on both consoles, the PlayStation 5 is handling all of the things that Xbox extremists were bragging about. Ray tracing, frame rates, (laughs) visual uh, fidelity, all these techniques that the Xbox Series X was going to have that the PlayStation 5 didn't. Variable, variable refresh rates, all that stuff. The PlayStation 5 is handling it better than the Xbox Series X, and that's not supposed to happen. That's what people told us. I remember one idiot who I believe calls himself uh, either Colt Eastwood or... I don't know, they're all kind of the same. They all have the same clickbaity titles... 
There was another one. I even forgot his name. But he was stating one of either I believe it was this guy called Colt Eastwood saying how uh, the, the Xbox Series X was going to have like 40% more frames per second than the PlayStation 5. Something really freaking crazy. And he made a whole video about this and was dead serious about it. And it was like, get the fuck out of here. Even before the consoles came out, we were like, come on, dude. Really? <laughs> so... In a situation like that, when this individual said this, and then you call them out and say, hey, what happened to that 40% or whatever you were talking about? Instantly, you are deemed toxic, you are deemed a freaking villain, and you are blocked, or they send their morons, their fellow morons after you, and then you get blocked. Anytime you question something that is outlandish, which rightfully so, we have the right to do. The same way you have a right to post your shit on social media, you can create what you want. But just take accountability for the things that you post. That's all. That's all people ask for. If you're going to say something like, Bethesda games are going to be exclusive to the Xbox. Microsoft didn't spend $7 billion or whatever to put games on a different platform. And then all of a sudden turn around and say, hey, hip, hip, hooray, Phil Spencer. It's good that Call of Duty is going to be on all these platforms. Nobody's left behind. Why can't we call that out? Why can't we remind that individual or those individuals, hey, you had a different tone last year. What happened? Why can't we, why can't we question that? But then everybody else can have an opinion on you. It's really weird. It's really weird. I can't respect people like that. I can't. Especially when you're an adult. Little kids, I can understand. They're learning. But when you're an adult, you should, you should, you should accept criticism. And if it's toxic criticism, then you, you should be aware that of when and you know when to get rid of that toxicity. You stop the conversation, you know it's not going to go anywhere. But when someone is genuinely asking you a question and you get offended, then how can we trust you at all when it comes to your content creation? And it's no coincidence that we can't trust Xbox <laughs> for the same reasons. We can't trust the content they create. Is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be Game Pass fodder? Is it going to be gimped because it's on Game Pass? Is it going to be a subscription? Look what they did with Halo Infinite. I can't get over that. Halo was one of the best franchises, at least for me, that ever existed. There was so many possibilities for the Halo franchise outside of just video games. And they ruined it. Microsoft ruined it. They created a studio called 343 Studios. It was created just to make Halo games, and they ruined fucking Halo. Halo was the reason why I became such a huge Xbox fan. I was a huge Xbox fan. My cousins used to make fun of me, like, oh, man, why why you like that console? That shit has barely any games. You like just one game. And I was like, hell yeah, I like one game. 
<laughs> and of course, they were teasing me. And that's how it is, right? That's how it is growing up. My cousins preferred PlayStation. And they would tease me about Xbox. And then they turned around and bought Xbox because of Gears of War. Because Call of Duty was... Uh, uh, they had a third-party deal with Call of Duty. So people went to Call of, uh, Xbox for Call of Duty because it played better on, on the Xbox 360. And then when I got... I also had an Xbox 360, of course. I had, like, you know, three different iterations. But then I purchased the PlayStation 3 along with my Xbox 360. And once again, my cousins were making fun of me like, ah, you went back to PlayStation. I'm like, no, I can enjoy all of them. I have a Wii. I can enjoy all of them. What's wrong with that? And now we look. We, we, we look at what happened when PlayStation 4 got the publishing deal. Well, not publishing deal, but the um, advertisement deal with Call of Duty. Then people flocked over to PlayStation 4. Not, and it wasn't just because of Call of Duty, but the games as well. The, the, the exclusive lineup for the PlayStation 4. But Call of Duty is a major asset and if you have the the promotional deal with call of duty and you have an exclusive gun or an exclusive timeline for certain maps or whatever people are going to pay attention to that and make a purchasing decision based on that because call of duty is a freaking uh money maker no matter what you say so, yeah, it's a shame that you have one side worrying about this. And then you have another side of people who are enjoying the shit out of a new piece of hardware with new games available for that hardware. And they are genuinely excited and happy. It's a damn shame. Both sides, Xbox and PlayStation, should be celebrating the fuck out of their consoles and their games. Even Nintendo announced new games that are coming this year. Uh, the biggest one being Zelda. So people are highly anticipating that. What does Xbox have besides all of this news about Activision and Blizzard? They have Starfield, which nobody's talking about anymore. And Halo, Halo Infinite. Nobody's fucking playing that or talking about it. It's ah, I can't get used to that shit can't get used to a halo game not being significant it's a damn shame and if you know me you know i'm a huge halo fan and i have every reason to be pissed off about that and that's one of the biggest reasons why i haven't jumped into an xbox console yet i was hoping that the xbox uh well i was hoping to purchase an xbox series s i mean excuse me an x if Halo Infinite was out of the, you know, if it, if it was out of this world, no pun intended, you know, it's in space. I was hoping that Halo Infinite would look significantly better on the Series X and be just something that we've never seen in any Halo before. And it doesn't look bad. I'm not saying that it does. And it doesn't play bad. My son and I, we played it on this, the Xbox One. 
My son finished it. He was very disappointed with the with this with the campaign. I was looking for a fucking reason to buy a Series X. And I nearly bought it. I had the shit in my cart. And then I said, no, I'm gonna wait till the official release of Halo Infinite. And I wanna see actual gameplay from people that I know who truly like Halo or love Halo like I do. I'm gonna wait for them. And I'm going to weed out the people that are full of shit and wait for the real feedback. And once I started seeing the real feedback, I was like, holy crap, I guess I'll play it on the Xbox One when my son gets home from college. And that's what I did. And my son grew up on Halo and he was very underwhelmed, which says a lot. My son has hundreds of Halo action figures. We have a lot of books, comic books memorabilia I have a Halo 3 Xbox 360 I have all kind of Halo freaking stuff in my home and I have a lot of great memories with the franchise with the community stuff that can't be taken away thank God so yeah it's a weird time in the video game industry right now you know you have this huge conversation piece about Activision, Blizzard, and Microsoft. And then you have the joy of uh, PlayStation VR 2. The anticipation for the next Zelda on the Nintendo Switch. And then, you know, people are wondering when Spider-Man 2 is going to come out. Uh, when Wolverine is going to come out. When Starfield is going to come out. When uh, Hellblade 2 is going to come out, you know, those things, you know, I, I enjoy the anticipation, whether they're delayed, whether they come out a little later than expected, just the joy of waiting for those titles. And in this case, waiting for movies or a new album, that excitement is genuine. It still makes me feel like a damn kid. So, for example, let's say Starfield is an amazing game and it's the reason why I pick up an Xbox Series X. I'll be a happy camper, regardless of the delay, regardless how long I had to wait for the fucking game to come out. I'll be a happy camper. I will finally have my reason. If Fable, I, I, I played all the Fable games. I was a huge fan of the Fable franchise. It was one of those games that I, I remember going to Blockbuster. I was like, you know what? This game's been out for a while. Let me just rent this shit. And once I started playing it on the Xbox, on the first Xbox, I was freaking hooked. And obviously, I played all three of them. Start to finish, I played them all. And so the new... The potential of a new fable, even though they showed like a CGI teaser. There's some excitement because I know where this franchise was before and how much I enjoyed it. So I'm, I have a lot of hope for fable. I have a lot of hope for the perfect dark game. I truly enjoyed the first. Um, holy shit, I said the, the title for the sequel a few minutes ago 
and I can't remember it. So I apologize. There's nothing I could do about that. That's part of my brain injury. I'm sure I'll remember it soon. But yeah, you know, there's some there's some titles for the Xbox that I am looking forward to and have high hopes for. But I am lowering those hopes because I don't want to put I don't want to be out there and say I thought this was going to be this and so I'm pissed off that it's not. I've learned to get away from that with the exception of Halo. And the same is going to happen with Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation. I'm expecting it to be at a certain level better than Miles Morales. And if it doesn't provide that expectation, then yeah, I'm going to be like, damn, this is not better than what I, is not what I expected, which was supposed to be at a certain level. And those expectations sometimes are, you're putting a lot of weight on something that shouldn't be, shouldn't be there, right? So, and then, you know, you have the high quality of Miles Morales, and so you expect it. Very similar, going way back to the launch of the Xbox One. When my friend and I, we were testing out all of the features for the Xbox One, and we were like, you know what? Let's uh, go into game chat and let's have a game chat. Let's, let's test it out. Party chat, as a matter of fact. That's what it's called on Xbox. And we were searching for like a good 20 minutes and we were like, yo, what the fuck? Where is party chat? And then we figured out that it was a fucking app and we were like, what? Party chat was so flawless on the Xbox 360. There is no way. That party chat is a dedicated app and you got to go through extra hoops just to launch party, uh, party chat. There is no way. Well, that was the case. And then when we finally launched it, the quality was worse than what it was on the Xbox 360. And so I was disappointed because I figured, you know what? Xbox might not have the killer titles right now. But their features are going to be better than they were on the Xbox 360, which was flawless. Not floorless, flawless. <laughs> and so I have that to look forward to. Those improvements, I can't wait to test them out. That was my attitude going into the Xbox One. And I was disappointed. Everything was a freaking app. You had to download and then launch. I was like, nah, this is freaking Surface. This is like a Surface... Uh, Microsoft Surface tablet user interface. And uh, no, I don't want that on my Xbox. But I was willing to accept it the same way I was willing to accept the Connect 2.0. I said, well, if this is the vision that Microsoft has for the Connect and the Xbox One, I got to accept it. They have a plan. Let me, let me show some faith. And... The Kinect was taken out. It's no longer a viable accessory. It no longer exists. So I spent a hundred extra dollars on a device that is no longer in existence. And that's the Kinect 2.0. I was duped. And so I'm supposed to be okay with that. I was supposed to accept all that. Really? I spent my hard-earned money on that fucking console. 
And people were telling me, y'all don't be so tough on it. What? <laughs> I remember the Xbox 360. And that shit was pretty flawless when it came to his UI. Granted, I, I test, uh, I beta test a lot of their UI back in the 360 days. And so I saw the good and the bad, but the, the, the last iteration of the Xbox 360 dashboard was freaking miles better than what they currently have. And it took a lot of work to get there. They took that shit seriously. And so why was it unusual for me to expect something better on a more powerful console, which was the Xbox One at the time, when compared to the Xbox 360? And I wasn't the only one. But the moment we started to talk on that and to highlight that and to show our disappointment, it was like, hey, guys, chill out. It's not that bad. No, it is that bad. <laughs> it shouldn't be that fucking way. We paid, we, we're consumers. While some people got it for free to review and to showcase to their audience, hey, I got this, blah, blah, blah. Some of us had to pay for our shit. And we gladly paid for it. And then we were disappointed in what we paid for. Which happens all the time, you know? So now I'm a little smarter. I'm like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Even though on, on paper, the Series X has the better specs. Right now, in the real world, the PlayStation 5 is delivering. It's showcasing better technology. Their games look better. They perform better. Third-party games perform and look better. So maybe not look better, but they're performing better. And that wasn't supposed to happen, once again. So it's unfortunate. If you're a die-hard Xbox person, you are in a tough place. And I feel for you a little bit. <laughs> There's no reason why. With all of the information we have in the palm of our hands, with our smartphones, why you should be duped, why you should fall for false information and false hope and false hype. I made a podcast about manufactured hype. And that's what's going on with a lot of these content creators, not just Xbox in technology and photography you go to youtube you see all of this manufactured hype it's it's you know it's pretty blatant when you see a, a content creator hyping something up and you're like really dude you're hyping this up it's not that crazy it's not that great but people fall for that shit so hey if if the creator found something that works obviously they're going to continue to do it and that's what's going on in the video game realm, where a lot of people who call themselves journalists or neutral or influencers, they all seem to think the same way. It's a hive mind. Why? Because they don't want to take the time to be creative and think differently and do something out of the box. They want to play it safe and stick with what's generating attention, dopamine, income. And they know a certain attitude they know that that's going to generate attention they know it's going to generate clicks and at the end of the day i guess that's what matters most of them 
some people believe in that old saying that any attention is good attention, you know, so especially in content creation. But I'm not like that. I'm not going to fall for that shit. And, you know, that's why I still do what I do. I still, I'm still as uh, aggressive and uh, hostile. I can't stand hypocrisy. I can't stand people who lie to their audience. I can't stand people who basically sell their individuality just to fit in. It's the craziest shit. And hey, you know, it, maybe there's a bigger issue that causes this, you know, but I'm no psychiatrist. So anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. I didn't mean for this episode to go too long, but, you know, it is crazy how we have this good and bad situation in the gaming industry. And once again, if Activision is bought out by Microsoft, so be it. Hey, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be hypocritical and say, oh, my God, Call of Duty's going to suffer. You know what? It, you know, I bought it for what it is. There are people who really love Call of Duty. So if that's you, then maybe you have something to worry about. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. And we have a state of play for the PlayStation, uh, I think, in two hours or something like that. So... There's a lot of good things going on in the video game industry. A lot of good stuff people are looking forward to. We just have to, uh, you know, hopefully this situation with Activision is thrown under the rug and all the behind-the-scenes stuff stays behind the scene and it no longer dominates the gaming community, the gaming culture. So anyway, I'm JVB. You guys take care. Talk to you later.